eliminating programs for the time being. So this part was temporary, but eliminating, eliminating programs that required a lot of like launching and being out there and a lot of effort. So I had to kind of have a hard heart with myself and say, okay, I wanted to grow my business. I wanted to be a household name. I wanted to be super large. I was buying into a lot of what coaches who were way ahead of me, like, you know, who are millionaires were telling me that I needed to have these super in-depth hands-on high-end programs in order to hit those revenue markers. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast, episode 75. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You still haven't yet figured out how to attract clients consistently and actually have confidence selling them over the phone. And that's why this episode today is brought to you by my premium program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell 2.0. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get results, but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who have not, who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop, register for the next training, and finally get a simple plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop now. Imagine this. You've built a business that checks all the boxes on paper, multi six-figure revenue, employees on payroll, hundreds of clients that you're helping. But in reality, you come to notice that you've built a business that you resent, that's not aligned with your personal values and does not allow for you to experience the quality of life you dreamed of. This is what happened to our guest today. She was doing all the things right, but realized that at some point she just got off track with what mattered most to her. In today's episode, we're going to hear how Courtney Sanders of CourtneyLSanders.com repositioned herself and pulled back so she could scale forward. Courtney Sanders is an online entrepreneur, speaker, and influencer to millennial women who puts a fresh spin on women's empowerment. Known for her ability to break complex concepts down in a fresh and relatable way, Courtney provides online and in-person training on a variety of topics, including entrepreneurship and personal development. 
Courtney has been featured on Forbes.com and in Black Enterprise. She has also served as a featured speaker at the White House for the Obama Administration Councils on Women and Girls and at the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. You are going to truly enjoy today's episode if you have ever lost sight of what mattered most and get an inside look at how to readjust and get realigned. And before we dive into the goodness of today's episode, we have to do one of the most important things here, and that is to acknowledge you. Thank you for listening, and I want to take a moment to give a loyal listener shout out to DM2DW, and here's what they said. Career Mindset Transformational Podcast. I can easily listen and re-listen to every episode of Jerisha's podcast. It's hashtag the real deal, and coming from an experienced entrepreneur and an expert in her craft. It was one of the key reasons I joined Services That Sell. I recommend this podcast to any service-based business owner um, or business owner needing a mindset shift. Thank you so much for not only investing in yourself by enjoying um, in Services That Sell, but for continuously tuning in here. Thanks so much. If you would like to leave a review, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a review. And I might just give you a shout out on a future episode. I won't make you wait any longer. Let's jump right on in. Well, Courtney, I feel like it's been forever since we've talked, you know, outside of DMs or Instagram comments, but I'm super right. excited to have you on. <laughs> super excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. Like, well, um, it's, a lot of you guys, if you guys have been watching my journey or been following my journey, Courtney was my very first business coach that I ever hired um, when I, you know, got serious about starting my business. And um, Courtney, it's been so awesome to kind of watch how you know, as I'm growing and building and evolving in my business, how you've kind of, how you've grown and evolved and, uh, you know, pivoted in your own business along the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited to be able to, you know, chat and dialogue about that today. But the kind of where I want us to start is I think for the most part, I would say many of our listeners are somewhat familiar with your background, um, where you started with blogging first and then that kind of, of you know, well, hair care products, I think, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Was the first thing and then um, how that evolved into a blog and you documenting your journey and how you were able to build out a service-based business with digital products and sales funnels from there. But I'm interested to just t- talk about kind of where you are today in business. So can you give us a little bit of a picture on um, before you just did the rebrand from Think and Grow Chick to Courtney Sanders? Can you maybe just mm-hmm. talk about like, where were you at right before you made that pivot and made that adjustment and kind of how you transitioned into what the business is today? Yeah. Um, I feel like at that time, I was right before I pivoted, I've gotten kind of locked into being really focused on growth, but not necessarily healthy growth or growth um, the way that I ultimately desired to grow. So uh, when I first got into this game, as you, as you mentioned, I started a blog and you know, at first it was a little bit about hair care, but then it was more about just growing and being successful in every area of your life as a woman. And at that time, I was really just a girl, like a, you know, 20 something um, in college trying to get my life together. And so from there, grew it into a business, started to do a lot of um, personal development coaching, selling digital products. People saw that I was successful at that. And so they started to come to me for business advice. And that's where a lot of the business coaching really took off because, um, Jerisha, you and I both have like an engineer's background. I think that that's very helpful in business in terms of understanding systems and leveraging. And so um, I was just getting a lot of uh, interest from people who wanted me to help them 
kind of set those things up in their business. And so uh, for a while, I was really focused exclusively on business, focused exclusively on um, higher and higher level coaching systems, sales funnels, just really kind of getting into the weeds of um, the technical aspect of business. And so on one hand, it's extremely lucrative to do that work because there aren't that many people that know how to do it and know how to do it well, especially not female entrepreneurs. But on the other hand, I felt like while I was growing very large and getting all these clients and charging all these prices and making all this money, I felt like I was getting away from what I ultimately set out to do, um, which business is an aspect of that, but it's just an aspect of that. I, I really desire to help women be successful in every area of their life. And I was getting frustrated that I was seeming to be pigeonholed about like, help me just grow my business to like huge, you know, monumental heights. But I, as uh, someone who has a personal development and kind of life coaching background, I was looking at my clients and seeing a lot of the non-business aspects that were just really amiss in their life. And I'm like, oh, I can help you do this. But there's other areas that... Um, that you need to get together where you're not going to find the success that you're ultimately looking for. So at that time, I kind of um, had a come to Jesus moment with myself and uh, really stepped back and made the tough decision to, um, to really reevaluate things. So I put a lot of things on pause. I just flat out just stopped doing a lot of things and um, kind of got quiet and figured out how I wanted to, um, in, in, when, in many aspects, is a rebrand and a pivot, but really it's kind of returning back to what I originally started with. And at that time, it, everything just converged because I was also pregnant with my first son. And so, you know, dealing with the stress of working 16 hour days and working on your own business plus clients business, and then trying to manage your energy levels when you have this human being growing inside of you, is just kind of the perfect storm to really decide to do things differently. So that's really where I was right before I I made the change. Man, there's like so many nuggets in that, <laughs> just in that. But like for, so for somebody who's maybe listening and it's like, okay, I have all these passions and you decided to like, you know, pick one thing to focus on. Mm-hmm. How do you juggle like niching down and you said kind of pigeonholing yourself? Mm-hmm. Was it still valuable for you to do that, to give you the insight to say, okay, I had to do this to get me here and now it's time for me to broaden or like, just maybe walk us through like, how did you, just the thought process processes around, okay, I, I no longer want to be as niche as I used to be. I want to start catering to a wider range and kind of the pros and cons and just kind of your decision-making process throughout that selection, I guess, yeah. area, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, for sure. I, I do think it's valuable to niche in the beginning, especially when no one knows who you are because people need to know you for something. Like I always use the example of Clorox, like Clorox sells all kinds of products that you wouldn't think immediately Clorox, but when you think Clorox, you think bleach. So I do think that, you know, your name needs to be associated with something. Um, but for me, I had gone beyond that where, you know, my, my name was associated with female entrepreneurship and business coaching, and that was fine. And I had already achieved that like moniker of like, oh, this is what Courtney could do. But my era was going so deep into that where I was getting like micro niching down into like little slices of, of even that aspect of business coaching when my desire was to do like full life coaching. So I feel like you go, you go deep enough until you hit pay dirt where it's like, Oh, she's known for X, Y, Z. And once you're known for that, then you start branching out to adjacent things that are kind of like related to whatever it is that you're doing. And instead of, you know, coming back up after going down, I just like kept going down even further and further. (laughs) Um, And I think like even the aspect that you said that as people are building a business or maybe kind of what you started to realize with your clients is like, I can teach you the tactical strategy, but like if 
the rest of your life and your mindset isn't matching, these yeah. it doesn't matter how good the strategy is if the, the other aspect doesn't also align. And you mm-hmm. said some of your, you, you started getting like friction or, you know, uh, butting up with your clients because they didn't want you to go down that route. But like, I guess, mm-hmm. how did that feel for you knowing that, okay, like I can give you what it is that, you know, I, I kind of promise on the sales page, but like there's more to this. And, and and before you made the decision to pivot, just kind of how did you deal with that friction, um, seeing that your clients need it more than maybe what you had told that we were going to give them. And as you were trying to do it, they were kind of, maybe not, maybe not everybody was super open or receptive to it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's when I know I, I needed to make, make the change because I was starting to attract clients that were just flat out, like not interested in the other work outside of business. It was literally like, I came to you to help me make money, like show me how to make money now. And I was like, Ooh, that's not like, that's not what I'm about. That's not what my brand's about. Like, you know, how did you get here? So in many respects, I felt guilty because I had to take personal responsibility for, um, you know, attracting that both in my messaging and just the, the zero, you know, just, just focusing and zeroing in on that. And so it was really frustrating. I mean, I've tried to always you know, start first with like, okay, this is what you paid me for. So let's build a sales funnel. Let me dig into your Facebook ads. Okay. You know, giving them what they need doing the analytics, but I would always try to like come back up. Like after we had talked about that or they'd say, well, you know, I really want to do this. Then I would try to bring in the other aspects that I could see that they were missing. Um, and once I realized that I was getting resistance from that, because, you know, I'm not mad for anyone coming to me and they're like, oh, you know, I want to grow my business or whatever. But up until that point, my clients had always been really receptive to the other aspects that I'd want to bring. So, you know, I would work with somebody and talk about business, but then I'd say, Hey, you know, why did you get into this? Like, do you honestly feel like this is something that's a part of like your calling? You know, they'd always been receptive to that kind of discussion, but um, towards the end of like thinking grow chicken pivoting just under my own name, I started really getting a lot of friction where people just like did not want to um, discuss those aspects at all. And it was just really sad because I could see the writing on the wall. Like, I'm like, yeah, like you're not going to be successful the way you think you're going to be. I've been there. I've done that. And they just weren't receptive to it. Yeah. And I appreciate you being transparent about this because I think pretty much anybody listening here, myself included, sometimes we can create something And that's generating, like, you can build something that brings in money, but like, it can be so not aligned with like your calling and like what it is that you ultimately desire to do. And you kind of can get yourself in a pickle where you have this business that you can get the results that you promise, but like the, the way in which you're helping people grow can be so out of alignment with with you. And and then also now you're building a business that you're not even aligned with in in regards to how it's growing. So Mm -hmm. Like, this is the stuff I feel like needs to be talked about, but isn't talked about as much as it should be. Because I, I don't yeah. know. I, we all kind of, I, I know I found myself in that same position too. So like, so when you start to get the realization that, okay, like we need to make a shift. Um, I know I'm a really big fan of your business is a constant state of refinement, but I know some people kind of look at it as, oh my gosh, I'm starting all over. I'm a failure. Um, what was your perspective on, like, how did you mentally process or like, how did you emotionally look at your situation? And then kind of what were those first few steps that you took to start repackaging, repositioning and kind of like rebirthing into like, uh, you know, what it is today? Yeah. Um, for me, I started to kind of do internal gut checks, just where I was emotionally. Like I started to notice that I was waking up later and later. I was just kind of like hanging out, you know, puttering around the house, not doing anything till like 11 a.m., just kind of almost um, like dragging my feet. Like I didn't want to open my laptop. I didn't want to respond to emails. 
And that was really alarming to me because I had worked so hard to quit my job. And this was like my dream. And I wanted to do this so bad. And here I was like successful on paper and was like making money and oh, you know, people know about you. But I'm like struggling to get out of bed until 11am. So that was like the first check for me. And so um, really, it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? Um, it's not that I don't want to make money, but I want to be happy. And I think having like being pregnant and having a son really kind of focused me as well, because I'm like, is this what you want to keep doing when you have a child? Like, is this do you want to have this kind of energy in your house? And is this how you want to be, you know, living just like, Oh, I have to do my work. And I'm just really frustrated. And just that anxiousness. I just didn't like, um, I don't know. I just didn't like my, how I was behaving and just the energy that I was bringing outside of my business. So to my pregnancy and to my marriage at the time. And so for there, it was like full stop. Like we just have to stop. So I'd say that kind of jolted me out of a lot of that mindset of like, oh, can I really make the change? Or what's going to happen to my revenue? Or what are people going to think of me? I, it's not like I'm so like, oh, I'm above all those things. Or I'm so secure in myself. Like I never have those type of questions. But in a way, I was fortunate that um, the pregnancy and just like the frustrations that my husband was having with me and just, you know, all the drama, like interpersonal drama was happening was coming to a head enough where it forced me to look at my situation where I wasn't thinking about it from a standpoint of like, well, what will people think? Or am I going to be successful? Like I had no choice but to focus on like my own happiness and like purpose. And, you know, is this the life that I wanted to lead? Um, And then also just speaking with a friend, like um, I always tell the story where I had a friend who quit, uh, who quit her job maybe a year after I quit mine. And this was like at the height where on the surface, no one knew what was going on. And I just seemed very successful again on paper and making a lot of money and all that. And so she invited me out to lunch because she wanted to talk about ways that she could grow her business like mine. And I remember just the stark difference, like going to lunch, I barely made it. I was late. Like I was super frustrated. She was like a new mom, but like totally just like at ease and at peace and just had this glow about her and just joy and excitement. And I remember her telling me, um, man, I'm so excited. Like, you know, I may, I can't believe I just crossed six figures this year. And, you know, that's more than I ever made at my job. And, you know, I'm just really excited about what the future holds. And I remember looking her, looking at her thinking like, wow, like she's excited that she just crossed six figures. I literally did three times that in this year. And I, in that moment, I would have given anything to trade places with her. Like I would have taken way less money to have the happiness of peace, the joy, the ease that she was just, you know, showing just sitting here with me. And so from there, I was like, you know what, forget all this, like, forget the money, forget what people say, like, I'm just gonna just break it down to the studs. And we're just going to rebuild this thing from the ground up. Man, this is so good. Like, it, it, it sounds like it was really just leaning into defining success on your own terms and not yeah. success based off of what another coach might say or what like somebody Instagram high right, real right might say. Um, man, I can like so relate to that. But so once you like, kind of gotten the mindset, you, you made the commitment saying, okay, we're going to start shifting. How did that show up for you in your business? Like, what, did you start scaling back offers or repositioning offers or just what did that that transition look like from the, or maybe I guess what I'm asking now is like, what does your business model look like today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it was really divine timing because I was already preparing to kind of 
scale some things down just for like quote unquote maternity leave. So, um, you know, my son was being born in the spring and I had two, um, two full-time people on staff who I was already working with to kind of have some uh, programs just kind of like that would be out there that wouldn't require my time. They could kind of administer them. Um, I had uh, guest coaches who were going to pour into the clients that I still had on my roster. So I was already planning to take kind of a, a minimum, like a two month, like hiatus just to deal with my pregnancy. So the fact that all this came to a head at that same time, it was actually perfect timing because I was already scaling things down. And so really it was just an easy decision of like, Oh, you're scaling this down. How about when you quote unquote return, just don't, <laughs> don't do this anymore. Like just don't bring it back up. Um, so for me, honestly, that was eliminating like all one-on-one um, clients at that time and um, really el- eliminating some of um, eliminate eliminating programs for the time being. So this part was temporary, but eliminating, eliminating programs that required a lot of like launching and being out there and a lot of effort. So um, I, I had to kind of have a heart to heart with myself and say, like, okay, how did you get here? Okay. I wanted to grow my business. I wanted to be a household name. I wanted to be super large. I was buying into a lot of what coaches who were way ahead of me, like, you know, who are millionaires were telling me that I needed to have these like super in-depth hands-on high-end programs in order to hit those revenue markers. And so I started to ask myself, is that true? And how do you want to hit those revenue markers? And to be honest, you know, I wanted to hit those revenue markers via ways that were more automated, that didn't require me to work with people one-on-one to have a lot of handholding because my ultimate dream was to like write books and speak on stages and do TV stuff. Like, you know, I didn't, even if I was going to be a millionaire, I didn't want to be a millionaire, like stuff on the phone with one-on-one clients all the time. So I started eliminating those offers, those programs, and just really focusing on um, building my digital product base from the ground up, working on sales funnels, um, that sort of thing, building up the speaking aspect, the brand deals, just to kind of get some of those national, that national exposure. And so um, now in terms of my business, it's primarily driven by digital product sales. And um, a lot of it is automated. I don't really do like launches anymore. Also in, uh, incorporating membership aspects. So I dabbled with memberships before then, but um, I didn't really focus on it the way I do now. So um, having memberships, integrating it with my social media and my podcasting so that there's like a constant flow. Um, so I joke now, everything I do has to like have, has to have like a function of like times three or times four. So um, everything I do now trickles into like some program that somebody's getting invited to and um, you know, maybe they get upsold to a course or something, but the the lion's share of what I offer are things that don't have to have my like hands on or doesn't have to have me being with them. Um, the only quote unquote one-on-one work or like hands-on me be present work I do now really is uh, speaking engagements and dabbling a little bit into corporate training. And um, in terms of client work, generally I don't take it because it's a lot dealing with a one-year-old and then, you know, restructuring your company. But I do have like a short 30 day program where if I see someone where I'm like, Oh yeah, I could definitely help you. You just need X, Y, Z tweaks. I will do a 30 day intensive where it's not one-on-one calls where it's like, Oh yes, every Tuesday we're going to have a phone call and, you know, speak for an hour. It's just daily, like, texting daily video messaging. I'm telling you what you need to do. You're doing it. We're assessing the results. And then at the end of the 30 days, it's it. So I find that from the digital programs, the speaking engagements, the brand deals, and then these little 30 day short intensive coaching, that's, it's been really perfect. And my stress levels have been just way lower than it was before. This episode was generously sponsored by Acuity Scheduling. We are all ready to make more money and serve more people. 
But if you are in an email ping pong game with potential clients struggling to schedule your next call, let me introduce you to my software sugar daddy, Acuity Scheduling. Look, if the need to easily schedule calls and collect payment is holding you back from actually making money in your business, you need a simple solution. You need to have an automated process that handles all of the administrative and payment collection tasks for you. You need something that integrates with your calendar so you never miss an appointment and sends reminders to your clients so they show up on time. You need Acuity Scheduling. I've dated all the top scheduling softwares that the interwebs have to offer, but nothing has come close to Acuity Scheduling. I've been rocking with Acuity Scheduling for two years and counting. They continue to exceed my expectations and they are always making improvements. That's real love. And to share the love, you can visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hawk hustle to get a 45-day trial to test it out for yourself. You will thank me later. Visit acuityscheduling.com backslash hawk hustle to get your 45-day trial of Acuity Scheduling now. Yeah. And I, I, I think the uh, kind of the interesting part about it is that there's no one right business model. Like there's no one way to do this. Um, and I know sometimes like getting caught up in this online digital world, you can see a traditional Ascension model that you like, you know, low ticket, mid ticket, high ticket offer. And like, that's like the only business model that can exist. So yeah. I think it's, and just for like context, you know, at what point, how long in the business have you been and kind of what was the, you know, you had two full-time employees, multi six mm-hmm. figures, before you decided to like, okay, we're going to, you know, pretty much dramatically shift what our business model looks like today. Mm-hmm. Is there any other like context do you think is good to include on like outside of what we already discussed on like why this made sense to do this now in case somebody's listening and it's like, wait a minute, maybe I'm at this point. What are some of those other like markers mm-hmm. of indication that it might be time to shift your business model? Yeah. So I always caution people. I'm like, I tell my story because this is my story, but I'm not necessarily preaching like this is exactly what you should do. Um, I've been online since 2009. I've been in business since 2011. And I have a lot of brand equity. I've been like, I have people who email me who are like, oh, I was following you back in like your college days, you know? So I think to some degree, I was fortunate that I could do this because I, I had already established like an audience base. And so even with like digital products or lower ticket items, um, I'm not going to say that's not for beginners, but if you're looking to make like job quitting revenue, like I would say that that's not for beginners because it requires a level of volume in order to sustain that at a high level. So um, if, if someone's got to do, you know, one-on-ones, you know, if, and maybe it's your passion about it. But even if you're not passionate about it and you're like, oh, should I just go straight into digital products? I think if you're just getting started, I think there is some wisdom and finding high value like offers that you can provide because you can only work with so many clients. You're probably working your nine to five job. So, you know, you want to do something high value so that you can get paid a higher price so that then, you know, you can pour that back into your marketing and grow your brand. And then if you get to that level and you decide, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to sell more hands-off things. You have a large audience base that can sustain you to do that. So, um, yeah, I, I had been in the game in a while before I made that decision. It wasn't something I did as a beginner. Yeah. And I just know that can be kind of tough for people. Um, 
to figure out when it, when is the right time. And I mean, I think one thing about one thing I love about your podcast is, and just even following you from when I met you till today is how often you will, you know, be candid about like the spiritual aspect of this and how like your faith, there needs to be alignment with how you're growing your business and what God's plan is for you. And you've spoken mm-hmm. a bit about like, just like the battle, the battle against like spiritual warfare in, in, in conjunction with scaling your business. Can you just shed any light on like what, what that was like for you and like h- how the devil can get real busy <laughs> in the midst of all of this? Like, and just, yeah, it was. Yeah. So just to give context for your listeners, for me, um, one, getting into business was a bit of an accident. Like I started blogging. I didn't know that creating content online could like become a thing and that people would pay you to coach them and that you create digital products. So while I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, it wasn't like I set out to do exactly what I'm doing right now. However, once I kind of got into the swing of things and it started to become clear, like, oh, maybe I could turn this into something. I had a very clear encounter with God in 2012 in my apartment where it was like... it was almost like the sky split open. It was like all voice, like Courtney, this is what you're, you need to be doing. Like it wasn't exactly like that, but it was close. And um, basically I knew that I was supposed to be in this realm, particularly in personal development, not just business development, because so much of what's out there on the self-help world doesn't actually help people. I mean, it's almost a joke about like, you know, self-help doesn't work or, you know, you keep going to these conferences, you keep buying these self-help books, you keep trying to get motivated and then you don't actually make a change. And so part of my calling and being in this was I was supposed to be creating content that were based on, you know, principles that I would get from God that would actually impact people and actually have a transformative effect on their life. So it wasn't just, oh, come up with good stuff and I hope people like it and I'm going to make some money and that's that. It was legitimately like I'm supposed to be impacting people in a way that others in the industry at that time were not. And so for me, and I didn't realize it until literally like this last year, but for me, I think a lot of the resistance that I felt was a spiritual warfare aspect because I was supposed to be doing this like on a mission from God, you know? And so um, when you're trying to do things and walking in your purpose, like you are going to have resistance from the enemy who obviously doesn't want you to be successful in that. I didn't uh, recognize it at that. I mean, I've, you know, I've gone to church, I'm a Christian, whatever, but I think a lot of us still don't understand how significant and how real spiritual warfare can be. And so again, coming from that engineering background, like I'm a very intellectual person, very rational, like, you know, I'm not into all of that. That's not something that I would even like think of naturally on my own. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't until I kind of had to be redirected into this and kind of go into quiet time and, you know, praying that I feel like God again revealed like, yeah, this is what you've been dealing with. This is a part of your mission. You are dealing this opposition. It's not just you. It's not just procrastination. It's not just, you know, voices from, you know, other coaches in the industry who are telling you to do certain things. Sure. That's a part of it. You know, my own stubbornness or other people in the industry who are saying I should do things a certain way. But also in addition to all those components, there's also a spiritual factor. And I didn't really take that to heart until recently, but now that I have, it's, I've just been that much more effective in terms of um, making progress and making this transition because I know which fight I'm fighting. Like, you know, the Bible says we're not just fighting against flesh and blood and that's true. And so, um, you know, I fight spiritually as well as, you know, intellectually or, um, you know, physically with whatever it is that I'm doing. 
Man, that is like the realest stuff ever. And like, that's something <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, even I'm like, you know, newer and developing my faith and continuing to work on that, you know, building a relationship with God. And it's like, you, sometimes we get like, we're so focused on like the blessing of what's available to us, mm-hmm. but we don't forget about at the other end of like, like you said, like the devil can get real busy and like mm-hmm. normally right before you're about to have that breakthrough, sometimes yeah. wherever those cracks might be in your, in, in whatever you're working, that's the perfect place for like, you know, the enemy to try to come in and cause disruption and like shake your faith. So yeah, just thank, thanks for sharing I mean, that. Oh, go ahead. You're welcome. And I was just going to say really the biggest uh, eye opener to me was recognizing that every thought you have is not necessarily your thought. Like just because you think something and it's in first person, I should do this. I'm terrible. I, you know, totally messed up. No one's gonna, you know, a lot of times we have these thoughts and we identify them as our own because it sounds like us. It's in our voice. It's in first person. Every thought you have is not necessarily your own. And that's both on a spiritual level and even on a psychological level. You know, you could just be driving down the street and look at a billboard and that billboard can trigger a thought in you that wasn't necessarily yours. It's something that the marketer, you know, specifically engineered the billboard and order to trigger that thought so that's in a in a normal natural sense thoughts cannot be your own but also in a spiritual sense you know there are forces that can you know send thoughts your way that we're just adopting because it sounds like us and so I think that was the biggest thing was just recognizing that a lot of what I'd been dealing with that I was beating up myself about I didn't have to identify with every thought that came that way I, I had the power to reject that so take every thought captive and be like you know what that's not true that's not that's not even me I'm not even going to deal with that or think about that I'm just going to continue down my course yeah like having that discernment to be able to you know mm-hmm. who, who is this for and where is this from um mm-hmm. so so if somebody's listening now and it's like okay Courtney I'm loving everything you're saying how do I soak up more of you and get more of you can you give us a little bit of a breakdown too on like what are the types of digital courses that you create now who do you serve now um and where can we find you and learn more about you Yeah. So um, I create digital courses for business-minded women who want to have it all, all at the same time without it all falling apart. So um, I still do a lot of trainings around business, but I also talk about money mindset because that's a big thing. I talk about personal growth. So um, your self-discipline, your time management, uh, your mentality, your mindset, all of that. But then I talk about self-care, lifestyle, faith courses. So pretty much the whole gamut. I would say my, my six main categories are business, money management, personal growth, faith, lifestyle, and self-care. And if you go on my website, CourtneyLSanders.com, I have digital products at every price point for all of those different topics. And if you just want to check me out, I hang out mostly on Instagram, just Courtney L. Sanders on Instagram. And then also on my podcast, The Courtney Sanders Show on both iTunes and SoundCloud. Well, thank you so much for the wealth of knowledge, the transparency, and like the vulnerability that you shared with us today. Um, Again, this was such a great convo. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.